to another great episode of The Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Brian, where they talk bourbon and, of course, drink bourbon. Grab yourself a pour, kick back, and enjoy another trip down the bourbon road. Very excited to have BlandsBourbonShop.com as a new sponsor for the Bourbon Road Podcast. In fact, this podcast is brought to you by Blanton's Bourbon Shop. BlandsBourbonShop.com is the only official merchandiser for Blanton's, the original single barrel. Looking for a unique gift? Blanton's Bourbon Shop has got you covered. BlandsBourbonShop.com is your home for all Blanton's gifts. You know, friends, it's never too early to start planning your trip to the Bourbon Trail for 2023. We hope you'll join the Bourbon Road crew as we pull out all the stops this year at Bourbon on the Banks. So mark your calendars for October 6th and 7th, and we'll plan on seeing you in Frankfort, Kentucky. Be sure to listen in during the halftime break for all the details on Bourbon on the Banks. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Bourbon Road Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Shannon, and today, today we are actually in the Rare Eagle Bar, Carter's Rare Eagle Bar. So we're on the road, one of our favorite places to hang out. Rob Carter's with us. Rob, I think maybe your fifth time on the show? Is that what you were saying? I, I'm thinking so. I kind, of, I kind of forget they're adding up, and, you know, I don't... I don't mean to be on the show. I don't realize it's rolled into number five, but I, I remember four pretty fun times. Yeah, it seems like when you come on the show, we've got this kind of deep topic, right? Uh, We're going into some deep topic. Yeah. So maybe you're my go-to guy when I've got like serious stuff to talk about. If you need a deep thinker. <laughs> a deep thinker. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but we've also got Steve Ladden with us. Steve is with uh, Shelby Bourbon Tours, and he's going to be joining us today. Uh, but again, Rob, so you've christened this place Carter's Rare Eagle. Rare Eagle. So why Rare Eagle? Rare Eagle. Um, bit of a patriotic guy. Um Always a little disappointed I didn't join the military, and um, I'm raising my glass right now to all those of you who did, and I appreciate your service more than you'll ever know. Uh, but I collect historical and patriotic memorabilia. Um, as I told Jim, this basement is full of stuff, and if we were to put it all in a yard sale, we'd have enough money to buy a bottle of Woodford. So it's not worth a nickel, but uh, dang, this is my happy place. I'm I'm sitting here looking at uh, I don't know uh, flag pictures from a hundred years ago from family. Uh, I have uh, flags from pre Civil War, uh, all authentic. Uh, I have thirteen sets of Eagle bookends for what that's worth, and another two dozen different types of eagles and uh, military shells and casings and just uh, all kinds of just crazy stuff. 
crazy stuff. Oh, and by the way, you have a bourbon bar down here uh, yeah, too, right? All nestled uh, amongst <laughs> a bourbon bar. Absolutely. Now you've got kind of a unique bar itself. And I, I, oh. I think, you know, we were talking one night about your bar and you kind of told us a story about that's, that's kind of a cool story. You, you, you want to tell the, our listeners the, the uh, what the the bar itself? Yeah, yeah well, um, so that thing uh, I, I I don't know if Steve and I have talked about this or not, but he's seen it. It's a it's a front end of a bus, an actual bus from India, the Tata brand, T A T A Tata, and um, all you guys out there that are snickering, shame on you, <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's a cool, you know, it's a beat up old rustic front end with a, you know, bar top. I mean, nothing super special, you know, it looks like something one of us would have drug out of a junk pile, but, uh, but it's, but it's kind of a cool piece, probably pretty old, I guess. And b- bought it from Ben Harden. Thanks to Ben used to be down at the harvest and used it for a number of different, uh, uh, you know, different ventures down there. So uh, I just thought it was kind of cool, rustic, and different. I like different. Well, you definitely have a unique bar. And, I, you know, one of the things I love about this place, and we've been to a few kind of gatherings here you've had, you're very mm-hmm. hospitable. You and Pam are very hospitable, mm-hmm. and you have a lot of uh, get-togethers at your place. But you can seat, I don't know, I'm just guessing 25, 30 people down here. I mean, seat. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty easy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so it's real yep. easy to have a big bourbon gathering. And you do that from time to time. You'll drag people back here from the barrel room and have a good old time. Yeah. Crazy as it sounds, we've met people on the spur of the moment in Shelbyville, uh, struck up a conversation and literally within moments invited them to something. I'll just say, yeah, I got something stupid you ought to see if you want to here's my address and by golly they show up most of the time i wonder about their sanity sometimes but yeah we have a good time when it's all over i've had a couple of groups uh, from kansas city and uh, oklahoma that showed up and we had a big party here one night and they said this was the most fun they had on the bourbon tour so i think they were patronizing me but yeah. Either way, I guess they had fun. So, Steve, maybe you ought to make this a stop on the tour. What do you think? Uh, you know, that is a great point. I didn't think about that until we were talking about this right now because it's a it's an awesome place for yeah. me to see. I yeah. think it'll be amazing for people to actually, you and, know, and, do the Bourbon Trail. And, and you know, a bit of a ruse on this whole thing is, you know, if you were to bring some people by. That's just another excuse for me to sip a bourbon. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about it. that's what you had for breakfast today and then lunch, and now it's dinner time. And what are you doing? I know, sipping bourbon again. <laughs> it made me think well, there's a there's a roadside bourbon restaurant on in Millville between Woodford and it's called the Stage. Sure. And they've got a great sign when you step in up there above the bar. It says soup of the day. Bourbon and bourbon on the rocks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, bourbon what, on the rocks is the soup of the day. That's yeah. kind of what happens around here. Absolutely, bourbon uh, stave is a man. What a classic place. Well, Gosh. well, today is also um, Father's Day, mm. and we're all three fathers. And what better way to spend Father's Day after is that you know after you've had a chance to to chit chat with the kids is is yeah. sit down with a glass of bourbon mm. and enjoy being a man, right? Because that's what Father's Day is all about. Mm. Do you do you take care of the ladies on Mother's Day? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Try. I think that's. Or do you leave it to the kids to do? <laughs> oh no, I, I, I usually end up taking care of that. I think you have best to, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, there's no right answer there, right? You can't say, "Well, you know, you're not my mother." Right. Well, you're in trouble now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, the least you could do. <laughs> Edit that out, Jim, please. Oh, no. I'm, I'm leaving it all in because it's all real. This is about being real. Yeah, so today is Father's Day, and, and I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I mean, without getting sappy, you know, and without getting too, uh, I don't know, trite and predictable, uh, kind of talk about, you know, what it means to be a good father and try to keep that timeless in other words you know there's a lot of things that change over time in our society we see it every day right uh some of it for the better and some of it for the worse and we're not going to get into those Mm -hmm. social issues and political issues and all the things that tug at our beliefs every day but there are some things that are truly timeless and uh we were kind of talking about you know when and you know there's there are there are ways to teach your children and one way is to sit them down at a table and say this, that, and the other. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. And I kind of think a lot of that goes in one ear and out the other. But what they do pay attention to is you. And they watch what you do. So, you know, if I think if you set a good example by following some sort of timeless rules, you do have a lot better job of teaching your kids the right way than trying to sit them down and make them do ABCs and one, two, threes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. How do you a- feel about that? Absolutely. And, and you know, um, it's kind of funny. I, I know people who are a certain way because their, their dad was attentive, let's say. And I know people who are the same way because their dad wasn't. Yeah. Either want to be just like that guy or you'd want to be the opposite of that guy. Yeah. But that guy is always still the focus. Yeah. Man. He's always had an impact. So you have an impact on your children, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. And even the negative impact can have a positive impact on a kid with the right kind of internal. Right. Right. Yeah. And and if we're all honest and free thinking, you know, you got to think back, even the, the guy that, uh, uh, wasn't the best we, we don't know his his background and external and internal influences that caused him to be uh, you know not understand how to be that guy you know so we got to give some grace and love and understanding regardless so and this is not the bourbon talking either here well speaking of bourbon uh let's let's talk about what we're drinking transition here, they're, well, people are like wait this is a bourbon show what are we talking yeah, yeah. about here this isn't dr phil <laughs> right? I, I kind of forgot for a minute <laughs> so uh i tried to pick a couple of um relatively common expressions that have kind of like a, a southern gentleman or kentucky gentleman or gentleman in general behind the, behind the label and and in the first half here we're going to be drinking Jack Daniel's bonded. Mm. I feel like Jack Daniel's was a southern gentleman. What do you think? Fair enough. Yeah. I would say that he uh he probably uh stood as a, an example in society at the time. He 
He certainly had a long lineage of family below him. He was a father uh, to many generations. Uh, but uh, whether he was a good father or a bad father, I, I don't know. But he was a father, and he was a, he was a Southern gentleman. So we're going to drink a little bit of his whiskey today. And this is the Jack Daniels Bonded Tennessee Whiskey. And this is obviously a 100-proof whiskey, and it's made with the same mash bill as the standard Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey. It, is, it does go through the same Lincoln County process where it's uh, dripped through the maple charcoal and all of that. The difference here is that uh, they, they use some fairly unique and selected barrels for this. Um, and so it's not using the standard barrel that the Jack Daniels goes through. It's a little bit more of a bold finish. So you're going to get something here that's rich and spicy and a little bit deeper than a traditional Jack Daniels. And at a hundred proof, you can't go wrong. So Absolutely. we're sipping on it. This is about, uh, 27, $28 a bottle, $30 a bottle. It depends on where you buy it. That's a sweet spot. Yeah. It's kind of nice. And, you know, a bottle in bond whiskey is always a good choice because, uh, you know, you get that four-year-old minimum, 100 proof, and you know it's uh, one distilling season out of one distillery, and it's all good. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and, and you know, um, I, I've kind of been wanting to um, I, I learn from you a little bit, Jim, and, and the way you guys do some of your uh, tastings and comparisons, and, and I like grouping little things together. So, uh, you know, pulling some different bottled and bonds. So, it's, you know, we always talk about, you know, let's compare apples to apples. Well, uh, it's kind of cool for me to pull out a Heaven Hill bottle and bond, a JTS Brown bottle and bond, a Jack Daniels bottle and bond, put them side by side and just kind of sip through them and just, you know, I, I like unique flavors and, and yet we're all on the same hunter proof, which yeah. is a good, a good place to reside. Not, not too watered down and not too hot either. Now, we, we kind of warmed up before the show in a couple of whiskeys, and one of them was uh, the Woodford uh, Weeded Bourbon, and that was kind of a nice light entry into the day. It's I've always said it's kind of nice not to make that first taste of bourbon or whiskey during the day be the one you're reviewing on the show, right? Because you get right. that, that, that bitter punch off that first whiskey. Mm. Uh that Woodford was soft. It was nice. It was a good warm up. And then, what was the second whiskey you poured for us? Oh, that was, um, gosh, it, it was a new riff. Was it Silver Grove? Yeah. Darn it. I moved it over out of my eyesight here, but uh, 114 proof. A little bit higher proof, a little mm-hmm. bit more spice to it. It was nice. It was, yeah. Yeah. L- a little bit unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then we backed back down. We're sitting at 100 proof with some Tennessee whiskey right now. Jack Daniels bonded. I think, uh, we're not going to make the topic of the show the whiskey, but I will say this. I prefer this significantly over the standard Jack Daniels. Man, yeah. I, I agree with that. Got a good, great flavor. Yeah, it's deep, rich caramel, a little bit more kind of a, a, a burnt, mm-hmm. um, spicy note on the back end. I, I think it's a great whiskey. It's, yeah. still, it's still smooth up front, though. Yeah, and I'd never given Jack Daniels uh, you know, a, a fair shake for a long time um i mean i just thought it was kind of uh, regular i mean i liked it it just nothing unique but i do believe the bottled and bond is you know a little bit special i mean it's it's got some good flavors got some unique flavors and 
good color. So I like it. All right. Well, let's kind of go back to the topic here a little bit, guys. And, you know, um, if you're, if you're raising your children or you have already raised your children, and in my case, and I think Rob yours and certain Steve yours, uh, our children are all off on their own, running their own lives now. And hopefully we've had a reasonable impact on them and, uh, and done what we could as good parents to get them prepared for life. But, uh, whether it's a boy or a girl, do you feel like, um, them seeing you as a, as a gentleman is an important thing. Like, um, your son, certainly, right. Your, your, mm-hmm. your, your male children. Uh, do you think being a, a gentleman is a, is kind of a, a thing you would aspire to and want your kids to see out of you? I, I think so. You know, I had two girls, mm-hmm. um, kind of an influx of girls in the immediate family. And, um, you know, I think, you want them to aspire to have someone who is a bit of a, a gentleman who, you know, who sees to their needs and, and dotes over them and takes care of them and is, you know, the, the, the man of the family, you know, doesn't mean you got to be a tough guy, you know, you can, you can cry and uh, be as tender as anybody out there, but, uh, you know, you should be a gentleman. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about this country song I heard recently, and some of our listeners may recognize it, but I'm just going to talk about it in generalities. But uh, this girl's telling her parents that she thinks she's found a guy. He's got blue eyes, and he doesn't make her cry. Uh, and I'm thinking, is that enough? Oh, wow, what a sad song. I know I, it. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. So here's a funny thing. Uh, two nights ago, I was in Columbus, Ohio, and she – she was the first she was the warm-up act yeah that was the last song she sang yeah and 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 i thought the very same thing i like wow that's kind of pitiful yeah doesn't make me cry that was as good as she had to say that's kind of that's kind of the definition of settling right i know i know yeah because to your point i mean you know a good father you want to model to your son what it is to be a good man and you want to model to your daughters what it is to be a good man so that your sons will take care of, you know, their future wives or or even girlfriends, you know, that, that, you know, because there, there may be one or two or so many, you know, a couple of girlfriends before they ever end up getting married and, and, and they're giving them positive experiences to that. And particularly the daughters, I mean, you know, in, in a major way, so they won't settle because as, as a father, you know, if I have a daughter and she's settling, oh my gosh! You know, yeah. that's yeah. a perfect point, Steve. That if 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 she, you know, if she, if if a girl has seen someone make her mom cry all the time right. and thinks that's normal, then she right. knows no different normal. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and for her to this song to say, you know, he doesn't make me cry, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Wow. That's me. I, I I always wondered if anybody else heard that song and thought the same thing I did about it. Yeah. Now I like the song. Yeah, I oh, think it's kind of cool because it talks about you know Tennessee Orange and yeah. and the Bulldog Georgia Bulldogs and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of a cool song, right? But when you get down to the essence of it, that's kind of a sad thing there. Mm-hmm. You know. So, with all this said, I mean, kind of what do you what do you think it takes to be that gentleman to be that person that your kids are looking at and learning from and taking a kind of 
taking notes of in the back of their mind. And mm. I kind of made some notes myself before we came to this episode. I thought, thank God I want to sit down and, and kind of, <laughs> and here's the thing. I tried to come up with things like I mentioned early in the show, things that are timeless. It doesn't matter if it's 1776, 1885, 1975 or mm. 2023. These things are the same no matter what. And they'll probably still be true a hundred years from now uh, because although society changes and beliefs change here and there a little bit. and Yeah. Well, Steve, uh, <clears throat> you mentioned earlier being um, maybe offline, but being present uh, and, you know, and you, and you're talking about Jim non-traditional. You want to tie those two together. Um, you know, back in the day, being present might be going to a ball game or teaching your son how to fix an engine repair or whatever. You know, now it might be uh, going with a daughter or granddaughter to um, dance recital. It, it's things transition, but aren't they epic and timeless? And the word present, being present, being involved, I mean, yeah, being you know. And that's that's ever harder to do nowadays with cell phones, right? Because it seems like if you go out to dinner, you look around the tables around you, and nobody's really present with the one they're with. They're all sitting there on the phones, and mm. and uh, you know you're gonna wish you had that moment back someday. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the ten items, and we've got you know we've got a couple of bottles of whiskey we're gonna drink through here. We've got ten items I'm gonna talk about on my list, and we'll get you guys' opinions on them and see if I hit the mark or if I missed the mark. Very well could have missed the mark ah, on some of these. I don't know. I'd say you're right on. All right. The first item I have is a gentleman embodies hospitality, and he genuinely displays warmth towards others. In other words, Rob, I think I'll be honest with you. I'm just going to tell you right now. I I feel like you're that guy. Mm. You know, you're that guy who mm. just embodies hospitality. And I think a few of us could probably learn from uh, how inviting you are to other people. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, um, if you want to be, you know, humble and kind, which I do, then I got to owe that to the people that taught me, you know, uh, you know, a, a dad, a mom, a family that think that is an important aspect. You know, uh, my mom could, feed 10 people on the spur of the moment at any given time in life and enjoyed doing it. And, um, you know, just uh, a dad that would grill burgers for 20 on the spur of the moment. I mean, and, and I'm not saying go to the grocery, but we had it. We were that prepared that it was at the house, you know? Yeah. And it might be leftovers all out straight out of the room refrigerator warming it up but uh but you know uh, i i like doing that like i do not like or nor enjoy for someone to feel left out or not special yeah i know my great-grandfather um was a man who would always come home and he he walked he walked to work he was a judge and they lived probably 
three or four miles from downtown. And he would walk down to the courthouse and hold court. Then he'd walk back home every day. And some days he would have somebody with him. And he'd say, Mama, we're going to feed this man or this woman. And, you know, wow, we're going to share hospitality with him. Yeah. One day he came home. He didn't have anybody with him, but he was barefoot. She Gosh. goes, where's your shoes, honey? And he said, well, I, there's somebody that needed them. So he gave his shoes away. Wow. So what a teacher. I know it. I know it. And, you know, those, those children, his children tell that story, you know, yeah. because they saw him do that. And, you know, they're, those children are in their um, 80s and 90s now, but they still tell that story. Mm-hmm. And that still impacts the generations down below, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I throw one more thing out here, Jim. And, uh, you know, grandfather Andriot in the clothing store was um, the only proprietor in Shelby County that would allow the African American population to try on clothes. And uh, makes me so proud to oh, yeah. know that man. Back in a time, you know, when there was such racial unrest and he defied all that and didn't care. Yeah. So. You know, it took a special kind of person back then to, and that, and that's another one of the, and that's not one of the 10 on my list, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, um, when you stand up for what you believe, even though it's not the popular thing. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Then that's, that's a gentleman right there. I mean, somebody that'll stand tall and stand firm on their beliefs, but mm. even when it's not the popular thing, even when everyone else around is saying, what the heck you doing? Yeah. They do it anyway. Absolutely. So, that's a great testimony, Rob. Yeah. Awesome. Good. And he was, and he was a great man in Shelby County, wasn't he? He was, yeah, good, good dude. Yep, and yeah. like like all of us, had his flaws too. Yeah, absolutely. But that wasn't one of them. All right, my number two on my list. Are we ready? Sure. Still sipping on that bourbon? Oh yeah. <laughs> Cherishing the rich traditions of the area that you live in. Now, you know this. In Kentucky, we have a lot of rich traditions here. In the South, we have a lot of rich traditions, one of them being hospitality. Obviously, we already talked about that in the first point. Uh, But a lot of times people want to um, abandon traditions and move on and and be more, do their own thing is probably the best way to say it. And there is some value in honoring traditions, honoring those that came before us and and the the kind of the rules and and the ways that they set down. And I think it's important to honor those traditions. Even if you don't agree with them completely, um, you know, that, you know, having a big family gathering at a kitchen table that hardly happens at all anymore. Right. Yeah, true. But you can honor that from time to time. Once a year, you can have a family reunion and get people together. That's important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, Steve May, you can speak to this, but you guys, you guys had, you and your wife had some good traditions and things you were building and you always had gatherings and groups. And I always thought that was pretty special. I really enjoyed those. Yeah, we did. I I agree. I think this is such a strong um, trait of the South. 
you know, I grew up in Colorado, Colorado Springs, which is a very transient community because we have so much military and stuff. Mm. But even then, so our traditions were more, you know, America and kind of patriotic kind of things. But when you talk about those rich family traditions with, with roots and that sort of deal, man, just being able to experience that for the last 20 years in Kentucky has and you know, just get that overflow from Tennessee and it's that is a really uh, neat thing. And to, you know, to live in a community where, hmm. you know, your next door neighbor is, you know, is 95 years old and has lived in that house for you know, I mean, the whole street, the whole street that you're living on is, Absolutely. you know, that's the his, history of this of this street is the tradition of just families, you know, forever. And it is a mm -hmm. neat experience to experience that for sure. Yeah. We did, we did a lot of, um, you know, we would have 60 people every holiday. We would have, um, you know, we would have weddings in the house. We would, yeah. you know, do all kinds of fun stuff. And it, it was, they were from all different countries and all different backgrounds. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, pretty amazing. Yes, to to your point, Steve, uh, in a triangle around our immediate house were three ladies in their mid-90s living alone. Mm -hmm. Just great, uh, you know, matriarchs of their family, families. Uh, great women, still strong, vibrant, and yeah. spunky. <clears throat> so do you think when you honor the traditions of your um previous generations that your kids see that and they'll try to do the same i mean well, hope so i mean boy you like to hope so well, don't you? I, I mean yeah. i mean yeah but, and that's all we can do if we don't but if we don't do that they have no hope right so you know th there there's the downfall so you know you can uh, I mean, some people give up, right? And they say, "Ah, oh, doesn't do any good. These kids don't pay attention." But you know, through osmosis and uh, whatever repetition, sometimes they're they're paying attention now. Whether or not they choose to to honor that, or if maybe the grandchild, you know, chooses to honor in spite of them, uh, but it's still our duty to uphold the. You know the the southern charm, the 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 fatherly, and you know, albeit the Christian value, I, I believe in f in in essence. Yeah. All right, I'm going to move on to the next point. So, um, a strong work ethic, diligence, and taking responsibility for your actions. So good stuff. I think. I believe this is probably one of the primary things that a young person sees in their father. Mm. When they see their father work hard, when they see their father um, have ethics in the things that he does, when they see him do the hard thing, even when it's not the, you know, the easy thing to do. Right. 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 And, uh, and even, I think more so when he messes up and they see him take ownership of it right. and admit his faults. Those are things that children, I I truly believe, even at a very young age, notice. I can remember seeing that as a child and right. seeing that work ethic and that that determination to to make sure that the the employer who was paying a dollar 
got a dollar and a quarter's worth of work, mm. you know? Right. And, uh, and I saw that as a child and that, that impacted me. So a thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. That's, you know, my dad was a plumber and he would go try to, you know, knock it out through the daytime. And then he would do service calls and extra work in, you know, in the evenings. And I would go, I would either go to work with him at, on through the daytime, or I would go on those service calls, even when I was a kid, just to be his gopher and work with him. And I really saw that work ethic um, in him. And it was, it was a good thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, if, if you're sometimes uh, if as a child, when you tried to live up to that standard, you know, you realize just how hard that was and how hard they were working and how much they cared to actually uh, work like that. And, you know, now, now you don't, you don't see that a lot. Would that be all boomers, right? For us, it would be all the boomers, right? Which is like such a backbone of this country. But then, yeah, yeah, now, and then, you know, say this sort of like, in a a condemning way, but just don't know if there's, what what is the what's the the chasm there when you look at young people and their work ethic today how does is it because of technology is it because you don't have to unless you're blue collar you know which is shifting used to be white collar was the big money and blue collar was the low money but now it's so so um specialized you know learning that's shifting and 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 there's i will tell you that kentucky dudes are hard-working dudes man these guys Mm -hmm. you know these these Kentucky rednecks, they don't feel pain. You know, they love their beer and they work hard, mm-hmm. even the kids. And, um, yeah, it's pretty, yeah. it's lot, pretty fun got to see. a lot of good people in Shelby County. I actually. agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I still believe these, these traits we're talking about are timeless though. It really yeah, doesn't matter the time you're in. I mean, right. uh, if you're employed by somebody and you give them, Give them your all for the dollar you're being paid. I mean, that's important stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and your your kids do notice that. All right, here's a tough one. For all you Kentucky fans out there, here's a tough one. Oh, boy. Striving for good sportsmanship and fair play in all <laughs> things yeah. that you do. Hmm. And that's tough, right? Because we're very competitive people. Oh, yeah, yeah. You Kentucky fan, Rob? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a UK grad. Yeah. Wife is a UofL grad. Yeah. And how does that go? So guess which games we go to. <laughs> <laughs> She's got me wearing Louisville red. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, you know. So I, I was horrible at one point in my life because I grew up a you know a fan of a certain thing. You know, be it the the red big red machine in Cincinnati in the seventies or, you know, UK basketball. And then, and then at one point, and uh, I would let my one win loss emotion rule my day. And I'd be mad if my team lost or something. And then one day I started realizing, you know, I'm an old man. These are kids and it's a sport. And, you know, all of a sudden I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, enjoy the sport the kids and any kentucky university so uh, you know i'll go watch eastern western bellarmine you know louisville kentucky it it doesn't matter they're kids it's a sport they're doing their best and 
and and I'm just there to have fun. So what? So what do you think that sportsmanship has to do with the kids? What do you think impact that has on the little ones? Of course, they're going to see daddy likes yeah, Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, right. you know, whatever, and they're gonna. Yeah, they're gonna like the Pittsburgh Steelers too because they want to be like Daddy, right? Right. right. But when he displays yeah. unsportsmanlike, yeah, exactly. It, it, Conduct they're they're gonna portray that at a ball game, and yeah, yeah. you know, we got problems I, with that in Shelby County yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and uh, yeah, stuff like that happens. Things, family things spill out, and yeah, um, you know, stuff that you wouldn't normally react to. You know, just unfortunate. And uh, so it's, you know, it's best to just kind of realize what, what you're really there for. You know, you're there to support a kid and, and uh, you know, um, these umpires and different things, they're, you know, they're there to, for the love of the sport. Sure. Most of the time they are. Most of the time. They're not there to make the big bucks because they're, they're definitely not yeah, making not the big making money. $5 yeah. a yeah. game. They're not making too much. Right. And if, and if you're <laughs> if you're so much better than them, why don't you volunteer to, <laughs> you know, do the same. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break and uh, get our glasses filled up with this next whiskey and we'll be right back. Bourbon Shop has got you covered. All of their handcrafted wood products are made in their in-house wood shop with authentic bourbon barrels. Specializing in barrel-aged potent treats, they use Blanton's barrels to age their own maple syrup, honey, and coffee. Find the most unique gift ideas for your golf lover, cigar connoisseur, avid coffee drinker, and Blanton's fan. Want to win an authentic Blanton's barrel head? Make sure you sign up for the giveaway on the homepage of their website. Blantonsbourbonshop.com is your home for all Blanton's gifts. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we hope you'll join us this fall on October 6th and 7th for Bourbon on the Banks. The festival itself is from 2 to 6 p.m. on October the 7th, and you can pick those tickets up at bourbononthebanks.org for $65. They also have an early access ticket for $75. It'll get you in an hour early and definitely get you access to some special pours. But if you always like that VIP access, this year they're bringing in the VIP access tickets. They'll give you access to their VIP tent and all the great things that go along with that for $175. Be sure to check out bourbononthebanks.org. You'll get all the details on this year's event. All right, so we are back. What a great episode so far. I really feel like we're touching on some things that, man, if I was on the other end listening to this, I'd be like, yeah, I need to hear that. I need to hear that because you can't go back and redo those things. Correct. If you, if you didn't do them right the first time, but it's, it's awful nice to hear a few tidbits of things. Maybe you did do right. Right. I mean, we, yep. we all mess up. I Absolutely. Mean, we're, we're, none of us are perfect. And, we hope that we've raised our children in a way that gives them the best toolkit to go forward and be successful in life. Right. Well, not just successful, but just good people, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
what would you rather have a successful child or a child that's a good person? Oh, yeah. Yep. Good person. Good person. No doubt. And I, yeah, I've told my kids, I I don't care if you want to, if you want to work for $5 an hour, you want to do, I mean, I skip, forgive me, Walmart greeter. You know, I know we make jokes about that, but bottom line is, we must live within our means and be happy. Yeah. If you do that and you're a good person, man. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I remember watching I mean, it's been a years ago, but I remember watching a movie and I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was, but it, I still remember this, this scene in the movie where there's this, there's this uh, kid, he's going to school, right? And, his daddy's the janitor in the school. He's, you know, obviously sweeping the halls and mopping the bathrooms and doing all that kind of stuff. And uh, he's been doing it for a lot of years. So he's got this child now who's in that school, high school, I'm going to say. And uh, the kid's kind of embarrassed of his dad because he's the janitor. Hmm. And Football, he played football. The football coach pulled him aside one day and said, Let me tell you about your dad. Wow. Your dad's pushed back adversity at this school for the last 20 years, sweeping those halls. He's pushed back adversity with a broom. Mm. He goes, There's been a generation of kids that watched him work hard and do, do good work. You should be proud of your father. Mm. And that, yeah. That's amazing stuff, right? I mean, it is. And, you know, I mean, it's easier for a kid to not be proud of their dad because of what they do. But if he's a hard worker, for crying out loud, be proud of your dad, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because we don't don't see enough of that uh, this day and time. Yeah. All right. So point number five. All right. We got five of ten here. So we're going to try to get through the last six of these during the second half. Right. Yeah, you're killing me, Jim. Am I killing you? <laughs> yeah. Here. I feel like I'm being interviewed over here. I'm I'm feel, right. I'm feeling inferior. All right. So this <laughs> this one's to Steve. Oh I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you a break. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm gonna give you a break, Rob. <laughs> Wait a minute. While y'all are doing that, I'm gonna be silently sipping on some bourbon over here. <laughs> Speaking remember, of bourbon. Remember Mutual of Omaha? <laughs> Rob is on the sideline sipping bourbon. Oh yeah, I remember that. The the Wild Kingdom, right? Uh-huh. Marlon Perkins. While he's, while he's wrestling the bear, I'm going to be. <laughs> Marlon Perkins and Jim. Wasn't his name Jim? Yeah, Jim. It was just Jim, yeah, right? I'll, I'll be floating 100 feet above in a helicopter. <laughs> All right. Steve. All right. So here's the next one. Humility and modesty, even in the face of success. And that's the key part, right? Even in the face of success. So how important is it to be modest and have humility? Well, I think that's where you talk about the difference between a successful person and a good person, yeah. you know, good people. And I think the humility, you know, humility isn't um, tearing yourself down. It's building others up. And to be humble isn't to tear yourself down. It's to build others up. And um, and I think it's through humility that you become the most successful. Yeah. So would we say the, the janitor with the broom in the hallway, he was successful? Absolutely. So um, real quickly, I I am not a, co- not a pro sports fan much at all. Kind of quit watching a lot of, lot of stuff a long time ago. But if, if I get this remotely correct, uh, it'll resonate with some of you guys out there. 
NBA finals recently completed. There's a, a one of the foreign guys on the Denver Nuggets, the MVP, the the guy that's the kind of the glue to their team. Finished the last game. They they won the NBA finals. And before he would enjoy the moment for himself, he went to the other team and congratulated and acknowledged every player on the other team before he went off to celebrate for himself. Yeah. And, uh, man. Good sportsmanship. That was point four. Humility and uh, modesty. Yeah. yeah. Right? He, he wasn't jumping up and down, high-fiving his players. He was thinking about the other team who wasn't in great spirits at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And how cool. And, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. You don't have to do something in somebody's face. You can, you know, if you're, I don't know, if you're a man, you know, if you're a man, take it down a notch and, you know, be humble and kind and then go off and celebrate with your friends later. Yeah. You can be successful and you can do the hard work and you can be the leader and you can do those things. What humility ends up doing um, and modesty ends up doing is when you get to that point, you you realize, appreciate, and acknowledge those who got you there. Yeah. And 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 the bottom line is we need each other. You know, it's the people that it's the people that don't need anybody else that are usually, you know, that's where you find yourself. You know, the most unhappy situation in your life but it's important that we to know that we need each other and that's why we practice hospitality that's why we we're good to each other but um but also to to understand that you know it's 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 um all the people and acknowledging all the people that help get you there all right so the bourbon the bourbon we're drinking yeah so this is old forester 100 and this is not a bottled and bond bourbon, but it is a hundred proof. It is at least four years old. And the man behind this bourbon is George Garvin Brown. George Garvin Brown in 1870 kind of fathered this company and fathered a, a lineage of children that have run his company ever since. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to assume for a moment that he was a Kentucky gentleman, Southern gentleman. What do you think? Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, it's um, and you know what, Jim is funny. I um, at one point kind of classified this as a um, a good price point um, for for the bourbon, and I think a lot of people maybe told me that, so I bought into that concept and I drank it a good bit, and then I have not really consumed any of this for maybe a decade. Yeah, not one time till today, and. By golly, I forgot how good it was. So what are you, what are you getting there, Rob? I, I don't know. You know, it's actually sweeter than I thought. It's very smooth at 100 proof, and um, it, it has some unique flavors. I always suck at trying to figure out what those Man, are. I'm getting cherries. I, I, I wanted to say some sweet fruit, so yeah. a cherry is probably the most apropos. Yep. This this is cherries all day long for me, and you know I'm surprised by it because, like you, I've neglected this whiskey for a very long time. And uh, you know, there's a lot of old Forester whiskeys that we don't neglect the 1920, the 1910, right? We yeah. t- we pick up on those often. Sure, get that those 1910 uh, 
burnt marshmallows, right? Yeah. Wonderful yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. But this 100 is kind of nice, isn't it? Yeah. It I mean, really, it's not, and for a reasonably good price. It these, really are, is. these are $30 under whiskeys, right? Yeah. I mean, wow. Exactly. Yeah. And, man, I'm getting so disenchanted with all these crazy high price stuff that's out there that, you know, we need to just back up, take a breath and get back to our roots and start enjoying some, you know, lesser priced stuff that's out there. That's very good. Yeah. Very good. All right. Point number six, you guys ready? So, Steve, Rob, who am I? Who am uh, I pointing to this heck, time? I don't know. Say it first, just, and we'll just, let you know. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Flip a coin now. <laughs> see, we'll see who has the most uh, uh, to say about it. All right, a gentleman, a Southern gentleman, a Kentucky oh. gentleman, hmm. has a deeper appreciation for nature and the outdoor, and that could be hunting and fishing, horseback yeah. riding. Doesn't really matter. He loves to get out of the house. Right. He loves to get his children out of the house and experience nature. Right. Yeah. Did you ever get a chance with your kids to get them out and get them into the woods on a trail and collect oh, yeah. leaves or anything like that? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, you know, so um, I've probably thrown this out a couple of times. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of a big goofball, but I, I was. Actually, kind of raised on a thousand acre beef cattle farm in Baghdad, Kentucky. You know, I built a log cabin then that way back off the road in the middle of a field and lived there, you know, 26 years after college. And um, kids grew up in the middle of all that. And we lived, you know, there was a little three acre lake behind the house and we had it kind of set up for picnics and had paddle boats and canoes and uh, yeah we that that was sort of our lives you know kind of and again all that taught to me by somebody yeah to take time and do things and and uh, I I wish I was had been better at some of those things but um, but you know again. Kind of like, uh, you know, don't want to go religious on you, but anything that we've done in the past can always stop and we can change our, our path. And so those things I fell short with on my children, I have tried to make sure I don't fall short with on my grandchildren. So, and that often happens, but... Um, I, I just think we can always stop our bad behaviors yeah. or, 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 you know, not bad, but less than optimum behaviors and, and, and move on and, and, you know, take it to the next generation or whatever. I got a funny story. It, it, a hundred percent agree with what you just said, but I got a funny story that story that kind of flies in the face of that. Uh-oh. And unfortunately, it's <laughs> all right. So when I was growing up, uh, my father, uh, he was a hardworking man and he had, well, we had a couple, two or three acres, not much, not, not hundreds of acres, yeah, but we just had a little bit, of, but we always worked really hard to, to keep it nice. 
and I would go get his tools and I would work on stuff, you know, and I would build this and build that. And I'd leave his tools out in the yard and they would rust. And I can remember him saying, my grandchildren will revenge me. He always said that one of these days you're going to have tools and my grandchildren will revenge me. And then many years later, of course, I had a son who loved motocross and all things mechanical. And he had a great set of tools. I mean, working on these bikes and stuff. And I left his tools out in the yard. and They got all rusty. And I thought, you know, it's exactly the opposite of what he said. I went and did it to my kid. Yeah, too. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah that happens. You it know, does we're, happen. We're, we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Point number seven. A gentleman, a Southern gentleman, a Kentucky gentleman has a love for fine craftsmanship and attention to detail. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that off base? You think? I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Look at the bourbon industry. Look at look at um, mm. rifles, the Kentucky rifle. Look at, I mean, there's so much. Mm-hmm. I know this dude, man, this guy in town. Okay, I, I just thought of three guys. One of them is the only guy who's kind of trained or has the ability to fix all the old uh, houses and you know jeff yeah. jeff sure. able to, to 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 repair all of that craftsmanship from these 100 and 200 year old houses out here and you know um there, there's a guy here who, who takes forever to get his work done because he's so slow because he's a craftsman at 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 um cabinets or or remodeling and he does all of the most amazing you know beautiful stuff and oh i i i see it more here in Kentucky than I, you know, mm-hmm. I ever have really mm-hmm. anywhere else. It's yeah. it's really neat, and you can yeah. just see it everywhere. Yeah, I've got a brother-in-law that does plaster, mm-hmm. yeah. and he'll 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 do the old forming of the cornices and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. there's not a handful of people that do that anymore, yeah. Right? right? Yeah, yeah. And and you know, um, so me growing up um, on the farm, I, I can remember. Um, you know what our attention you know my, i guess my my dad's attention to detail was in that um if we were going to go if a neighbor needed help rebuilding a barn that had some damage we'll say and um you know we would he would say all right we'll we'll be there tomorrow to help you at eight o'clock well at seven you know we're loading up a trailer to uh, with with all equipment that you could ever imagine that you might need on that job and then we would show up on time we would stay till the job is completed go home and then all those tools needed to be replaced back to their original location mm-hmm. and you know I, I would see other people show up they'd show up late to help and they'd leave early and uh you know all the different things and it it as a kid it ticked me off because you know what why do i have to be there all the time when you know all these other people don't they're getting there late leaving early and and then lo and behold i grow up and i'm exactly just like that (laughs) so it had a major impact on you oh 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you think, do you think well, he knew yeah. that that example he was setting would, would be in your bones later I, on? I doubt it. I doubt it. And you know what? That's probably not the value of it is, you know, whether or not, you know, it's just your job to do it. And yeah. It either happens or it doesn't. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about if it does, you do your job. And, and, and I just didn't, what it taught me was inevitably the value of showing up on time, working hard all day and being there till the end. You know, if, if you're a guy in need of help and I get there late and leave early, did I help you? Yeah. Did I really help yeah. you? Or did I just do a token show up, you know? Right. And uh, I, I think I think I decided I wanted to be the guy that was of value to you. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what, you know, my ancestors taught me. All right. Point number eight. Honor and integrity. And really, this is about standing up for what you believe, even when it's not the popular thing, even when it's not the easy thing, even when everybody around you is saying, I wouldn't do that, yeah. but you're doing it. That's hard. Have you ever been in that situation, Rob? Um, have you ever had yeah. to say, I'm not going to do that with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You guys go on and do your thing. I'm going to, I'm mm-hmm. going to go home. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And you know, there's times I did it and I really didn't understand why. Like, um, it was, so maybe it was more of a, I mean, just to be fair, it was more of a fear, right? Yeah. Than, uh, than, than anything, right? So, but, I can maybe look back and say I knew my parents didn't approve of it. So the fear was that I would disappoint them. So it it, it wasn't it, you know so what I'm trying I mean, to say there's there's honor in not disappointing your parents. Right. Yeah, right. But but I think what I in my brain was um I I was fearful of I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to be in that group. I wanted to participate, and I didn't. Yeah. So it wasn't because of me, because I was good. It was a little bit of fear that of disappointing someone else. So I was taught better. I was taught not to do that. And so, you know, thank goodness for them teaching me that and, and instilling that fear. But so, I think that's true in that you chose to do the hard thing. Yeah. Even when it was against what everybody else was doing, because you knew it was right. Right. Yeah. Even though it deep down you wanted to, that's okay. Yeah. Right. But you chose not to. I think it happens every day. Yeah. I want to kill that guy, but I didn't kill him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. I want to take those drugs, but I didn't. I Mm want to drink until I'm blind, but I didn't. Yeah. Because it seems like they're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I got this girl with me, and she's yeah. she's had a few too many. Yeah, but I'm going to take her home, right. put her in bed, and go yeah. home. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. we have all those variations of choices every day. You yeah. know, it may not be like I'm, you know, I'm standing in front of a crowd. You know, what I mean, standing up against a crowd or mm. that kind of thing. But it is, it's choices of treating people well every day. Yeah, it's it's honoring people. 
it's making good decisions in relationships or based on morals, you know, those kind of things. I, I definitely think yeah, so. Yeah, you've heard before, the person does the right thing when nobody's looking. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah. And and I did have the good fortune, and we probably all did, of seeing people like that. Yeah. I've had a lot of good examples in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying this. I have to be okay. honest with you. I kind of like this uh, old Forrester 100 just a little bit better than that Jack Daniels oh, bonded. Yeah, yeah. Dude, what about it, you? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I like them both a little bit. So, yeah. I like them both, but if I had to pick one. Old Forrester. Yeah. I think so. I like that that fruity note to yeah, it. Yeah, me too. It was a favorite of mine for a long time. Yeah. Don't know really why I got away for so long. All right. Point number nine. The importance of family and community. Showing that to your kids and uplifting those people around you. Mm. So how do you do that? We just talked about that. So I remember when the tornadoes came through. Mm-hmm. And devastated Kentucky, right? Now we had a we had an event online, the Bourbon Road, and we raised money for Jessica Ann and her family, whose oh. their farm was just destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can remember the day that Melody and I got up in the morning, got in our car, truck, and we drove down to Campbellsville because mm-hmm. that's where they her family was from, and we went out on their farm and we spent the day picking up debris Mm. and it's one thing to raise money for somebody, but it's another thing to go there and roll up your sleeves and fill your truck bed up with sheet metal and wood and debris and carry it off to the burn pile. And yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's important because that family will never forget how the community came together and supported them. I mean, that was a devastating event. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I hope, I hope we helped out. I, th- I feel like mm-hmm. we helped a little bit, but the, the damage was just tremendous. Yeah. Now, I, I look, I have total respect for that act of kindness because, look, I, I don't, I've never been a big money guy, but, you know, I'm, we're probably all three comfortable and we can do a lot of things that a lot of people can't do, but, I I, uh, I think throwing money at something is so easy. It's pitiful, you know. It's I, I just I just um, I don't sit know. in my lazy boy and send a check. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, you should you no, should no, do no, it no. if it needs, you can. Needs to happen for yeah, sure. Yeah, but must must happen. But but Next if level. you're yeah, but if you're if if it's really f- from you, I mean, look. I, Money to me is almost God's gift to me, and I'm sharing it. If I want to do something, that has to be something I do. Is kind of the difference between sending flowers to a funeral and showing, showing up. up? Yeah, it's yeah. the difference, right? Showing up. Yeah, and uh, you know, you should send flowers. You absolutely sure. should, yeah, without absolutely. a doubt. Absolutely. But if at all possible, you should try and show up mm-hmm. and. Yeah. We're not discounting those things. We're that next mm-hmm. level, that next touch, yeah. right. that more powerful touch. And um, yeah. and I think that's what solidifies a lot of things. I just remember the, tor- we're just talking tornadoes here, Henryville. Yeah. Oh Indiana. my gosh. We, we went to Henryville the next day. Mm. And, and again, <laughs> I'm from Colorado, right? 
So we go to Henryville. This is Indiana. That tornado. I mean, it, it was devastating. It, it was incredible. I mean, I've never seen that. that you know, not since like Xenia, Ohio, have I seen something similar. But every yeah. dude in his pickup truck showed up from, uh, I'll tell you, wow. a hundred mile radius and everybody had a chainsaw. I'm like, I'm like the only guy here that doesn't own a chainsaw. And I mean, people just showed up cha with chainsaws going, what can we do? How can we help? You know, what do you need? Mm. And, you know, people had trees literally through the roofs of their houses. And, mm. and it was just literally taking care of people, putting clothes together. You know, it was mm. just, an and I think it's important thing. that those guys with pickup trucks showed up with their oh, kids to they, help. They did. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was very, very cool because they'll never forget. Those children will never forget watching their father yeah. come help save a community, right? That's, right. that's important. Yeah. 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 I agree. Good stuff. All right. Well, 10, number 10 here. We're going to get through all 10. Oh, that's <laughs> the last one, huh? There's there's so many more, guys. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm just, I just grabbed, these are just things that I thought of, sure. right? Yeah. There's so much more. And, and you know, and I, and we'll talk about a couple after this. That's All one right. of the questions I want to ask is All like, right. what are some things I missed? Right. Uh, but number 10, embrace the art of storytelling mm. and preserve oral traditions. In other words, talk history with your kids. Right. Yeah. I love history. I've always loved history. Mm. History has been something that for me, it's always been A's and A pluses, right? I've never in my life, I've always been like a history guy. Mm -hmm. And I love the stories. I love the the recounts of how things happened. Civil War, Revolutionary War, First World War, Second World War. I mean, all those history points are just amazing. I mean, the the men and the women mm -hmm. of the Second World War were just they were phenomenal people, right? Yeah. And I don't want to always want to talk about war. There's people outside of war that have done some great things, but telling your kids those stories about the history and the and the and even the local histories of your town, like the Andriot family, right? I mean, yeah, wow, yeah. it's amazing stuff. How important is oral history? Do you think, and relaying that to the next generation? Man. I, I think it's big time. Yeah. I think yeah. it, I think what it does is all of the things we've talked about, um, but particularly this piece speaks into those basic needs that every human has. It's the need to identify the need to belong, you know, the need to have a sense of purpose in your life, need to have a sense of freedom in your life and, um, and a sense of like power in your life. And, and all of this that you talked about today have, speaks into all of that. And this oral tradition, I mean, that's, you know, since the dawn of time, right? Be, so that we tell our stories and that people know our stories. And <clears throat> on, the, on the greater level, there is all of that. The, the, you know, the history of our families. And I just remember my dad talking about, he taught me so much about both sides of my family, um, my mom's side and my dad's side. And it was, it's so fun to know that because that speaks to my identity as a person and, and belonging. And, and then, um, then there is the ministry of like presence, you know, the, the, the power of presence that was, we talked a little bit about before is, you know, we can get so tied up in doing things that we think are purposeful, which is, you know, board meetings and business and mm -hmm. all of these kind of things. But, 
what I've learned um, as I've gotten older is that it's become so much more important to just sit down with people, particularly people I don't know, and just and just listen to their story and and know their names mm. and 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 get a heart, get a, a a view of where their heart is and, and where they're coming from and that's just so powerful and so to be able to do this <laughs> yeah with understanding your yeah. you know history and tradition and mm. your 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 molding your community by doing that it's very mm. very 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 neat so uh, just a, a yeah to expound upon that um a, I have a kind of a crazy family story where um, my aunt married a guy uh, who was grew up poor as dirt, but smart as hell. <laughs> Ended up in Colorado Springs uh, Air Force Academy. Oh. You know, guy that skipped two grades in high school. Yada yada. Extrapolate to the end of his life, he he sold a company for one point. Two billion dollars, and was just a fantastic Christian guy. Never changed, and I would go visit them multiple times a year because he was such a fun guy to be around. And everywhere I went, be it sporting events, big arenas, uh, wherever, he was would be personal friends with the the guy that cleaned the bathroom on the third floor or the person that checked us in to certain seating area knew about their family and and their kids and and he would he would talk to the you know what might be considered the least of these my brethren mm. and um I, I just never forget that wow i'm so fortunate to have crossed paths with with people who were engaged and cared about others. All right, so we've been to through ten things here, and uh, I've I've probably missed a point or two. What do you think? Man, I don't know. You were pretty comp- <laughs> no, pretty comprehensive pretty there. <laughs> you did your homework, Jim. I don't know. I think I think I missed one big one. Uh oh, one right. super super big one. Fathers teach your sons. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. To respect women. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, to treat them like the princess or the queen that they are. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's important, right? It, it's yeah. important to teach your daughters to expect that. Right. And to teach your sons to do that. Right. Yeah. 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 So. What do you think about opening doors? Oh, we yeah. talked about that a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I, I mean, you know, it's goofy to say that certain things are the, you know, the foundation or tenement to something. But yeah, I mean, how damn hard is it to open a door and be nice to somebody? <laughs> okay, here comes my confession. Come on, Steve. Let, me, right, Steve. let me counter this a little bit. Uh-oh. No, I don't counter the the concept. I'm just going to tell you my own shortcomings and failings. So. Uh, so my father-in-law, you know, my wife, um, she was awesome. But my, my father-in-law, man, he would not drive in. He would not go park the car and you get out and walk. I, he would drive to that front door. He would go around cars to get his daughter and his wife to that front door. I mean, and I remember it just being so annoying because it was not how I was, you know, 
but I tried to be like, I think when you're dating, you're all about that. I'll open the door. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go around. I'll do these kind of things. And then you get married and you start getting more lazy, you know, but my defense to my defense, my wife walks so fast. Oh, I mean, I would have Speed to run walker. to get, I mean, you, yep. okay. I'm, you know, I'm the big joke in Shelbyville because everybody's like, oh, I saw you out walking with your wife the other day. And I'm always like 10 feet behind her because she can walk so fast. Right. So this used to be a, a point of contention for me. Like you should just wait. You should just, just calm down and slow down and let me get to the door first. <laughs> so I'm in total agreement with all of it. I just, Mm. was terrible at it for a that, long period of time. And yeah, then, you know, you look back that, on stuff like that and go, oh, yeah. my gosh, you know, I could have done that so much better. Yeah. Uh, I think when your son sees you, I shouldn't say that, when your son or daughter yeah. sees you, treat your wife yeah. special and, you know, open the doors for her and treat her with respect. and treat, I agree. That goes a long way. Yeah, I agree. And they remember that. I totally so agree. So do these things mm. not only because they're right, but because your children are watching you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you sure. have any special? Uh, I don't know, not issues, but with with your son, Steve. I mean, coming from a different country. And yeah. So, so we adopted our son at fourteen years old from Kiev, Ukraine. He was homeless from six years old to like twelve years old. Oh, Lived in a dirt hole in a train station. Been there, seen that. And um, so it's kind of like bringing a wild animal into your house, you know, because he'll okay. he will literally claim territory, um, you know, if you don't kind of like stay on top of that. It's um, but what what's interesting about that is um, I think you know there was a point where so I was always the the cool guy that spoke into other people's kids' lives, you know. So we bring Dennis in thinking, oh, you know, I'm you know I'm going to be so successful as a father. I I could say honestly that I feel like the biggest failure I've done in my life is being a father to him, right? Mm. But you don't know that until later on. You yeah. know, you try your best. Yeah. Like we create around us what's going on inside of us, and so I I felt like I tried my best on so many levels, but I felt like he just wasn't listening. And I and my wife and I we prayed for. We prayed for a couple of years that God would bring in those special people to speak into his life. And eventually he did that. <clears throat> Somebody sent me a text today saying, happy Father's Day. You're a great father. Look at your son. You know, he's he's yeah. grown up. He's graduated college. He's been successful in the military. He's, you know, he's done all these things. And I literally... <laughs> I literally texted back going, thank you so much. I appreciate that. But that was pretty much Sam's family because there was a family that we like prayed for that um, Dennis met his friend, Sam, whose parents were the ones that really spoke into his life in the most crucial time. So hmm. we need each other. It's, it's a ta it was a tag team and they yeah. came right at yeah. the, the time to speak into his life when he wasn't really listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, you know, there's a lot of neat things that, you know, in that yeah. process. Yeah. So, you know, uh, our, our world is um, messed up slash confused to say the least in regard it, it to has always been that way. Yeah. For sure, true. And, and family-wise, though, it's it's the the lines are more distorted. And and you know, I just want to say to Steve and and all the guys out there who chose to be someone's dad, yeah. who chose to be a stepdad, who stepped up in a in a manner in which uh, is not often expected. Uh, to me, you know, that's that's the real dad sure 
that's that's, awesome. the, that's the real deal. And cool. um, a lot of lot of you guys out there, and I'm raise a glass to you right now. Awesome, so awesome. Well, I've had a great time today. It's been it's been good. I hope I, this episode doesn't flop. Oh well, you know what? Some of them do, some of them don't. That's okay. Uh, this is our show, and we get to do what we want, and people can listen or they don't. I, I hope that um, some young dads get inspiration from this, and some older dads get reflection from this. Yeah, and some wives and daughters get to see that you know maybe it's it's not easy right it's not easy to be a good dad or it's not but on this father's day i'd like to say that my father was there for me and i'm i hope i was there for my kids and uh you know it, i i think it's important that we understand what it means to be a gentleman and uh, being a gentleman means to be that that representative of what a man ought to be or the best that you can be right true and uh, none of us are there but we all try yeah yep keep striving and um you know um i i I had a i have to give a kudos to my wife pam last night um, and she's she's been tolerating my little bourbon my little bourbon cave here and my and my bourbon consumption and so forth and so um Yesterday, I brought in that little um, Woodford bottle, the distillery uh, pick, and, an, and another one. And and I said, um, I got a couple of new bottles that I've never tasted. And I know you're starting to enjoy bourbon neat, you know, but would you share them with me? And she did. We, we, we had a minuscule pour. You know, we, we don't always have to guzzle a you know, half a bottle or whatever. And, and we both had a, had a pour of each one talked about it and, you know, just sipped it a little bit and, yeah. and enjoyed it. And, and that was kind of, kind of neat. It was, you know, almost like a father's day gift to me, you know, from my wife who, who um, took the time to share a pour, you know, tolerate me for a minute and, and uh, you know, just sit and talk. That's what they do, right? They tolerate us. Tolerate. <laughs> That's for sure. That's all I ask. <laughs> That's all I ask. All right. Well, Rob, Steve, yep. thank you so much for sitting down with me tonight and and enjoying some good whiskey and some good conversation. I don't know that we're the we're certainly not the experts in this area. Nah. But um I hopefully we talked about some points that are important and Maybe a few people gleaned some things from this that'll help them out in their lives. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But I think you should strive. Gentlemen, you should strive to be exactly that. Be a gentleman and uh, be yeah. a better man. Yeah, I agree. And and whatever we did yesterday, I mean. Move on. Move on. Move on. All right. Well, you can find the Bourbon Road on all social media outlets. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. You can find us on our private Facebook group, the Bourbon Roadies. It's just a bunch of guys and gals that love bourbon, love to talk about bourbon, share stories, share pictures, share experiences. And guess what? They even share bourbon. They do. They send samples to each other and and uh, just have a good time talking about bourbon things. 
We hope you'll check out the Bourbon Roadies. Just go to Facebook.com and search The Bourbon Roadies. And it's a private group. It'll come up and ask you if you want to join. And just say, yeah. Answer three quick questions and you'll be right in. And uh, join the conversation there. We'd love to have you. We put out a show every single week. Every Wednesday, you'll hear an episode from The Bourbon Road. Sometimes it's uh, just a few of us sitting around having a few glasses talking about important things or non-important things. Uh, sometimes we'll have a, a distillery on or we'll have a country music artist or an author or a chef. But it's always good content and we're always drinking whiskey. And it's always, always a good time. We hope you join us every single week. If you've got an idea for a show, if you've got an idea for a bottle we ought to be trying out or a distillery we should be going to, make sure you pop into our website, thebourbonroad.com. We've got a contact us page on there. You can just fill it out and send it to us. We'll be sure to get back with you. We'd love to hear about your hometown distillery or that whiskey that you just found that you think is amazing. We'd love to share it with our listeners. So make sure you let us know about it. While you're on the bourbonroad.com, we got t-shirts and glasses and all kinds of cool swag that help us raise a little bit of funds to get us on our way, get us down the road to that next interview. We'd love to have your support. But make sure you jump to the top of that application you're on, that uh, that Apple Podcast or that Spotify or that Amazon Music or what, whatever it is that you're listening to us on. Subscribe so that you get that notification every week that we've come out with a new show. We'd love to have you join us every single week. But in the meantime, we'll see you down the bourbon road. Yeah.